Hello everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Haunted Visions podcast. We are dedicated to stories of the paranormal, spine-chilling history, and adventures into the darkness of the unknown. So grab a flashlight, lock your doors, curl up under your blankets, and prepare to be scared. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Haunted Visions podcast. My name's Brandy and here with me always is Rachel. Hi guys, hope you're having a good week so far. Yes, we're, everybody's getting ready for Christmas. Are you about ready for Christmas? I've been jingling my bells Gross. in my office. Yeah, jingle, jingle, jingle. I've heard them. Hear my sleigh bells ring. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> anyway, let's jump right into this. Today we're going to talk about Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. She's kind of messed up, so just as just a little trigger warning, this chick is really, really, really messed up. So it's kind of gory, kind of gross. Um, and if you have a little bit of a queasy stomach, uh, I would suggest checking out any of our other episodes that aren't as bad. Yes. Um, or uh, any of the other fine podcasts, Pleasing Terrors, anything like that that's out there. Uh, I would suggest checking those out. But um, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about Elizabeth? So Elizabeth Bathory, I've been fascinated by her. Um, she, um, you know, it, the beginning of her story and the beginning of her life kind of sounds like a perfect setup for a fairy tale. Um, she was a young woman of Hungarian noble blood. She marries a rich count and gets to move into a beautiful, mysterious castle. It's like my life. <laughs> right. This is just an everyday for mm-hmm. me. I don't even know why it's so special. But she has servants that are always waiting on her hand and foot, um, ready to fetch whatever she desires to please her. And she has a collection of marvelous gowns and jewelry and has even begun to fall in love with her new husband, which back in the day, right. it's not like a Disney movie. You don't just fall in love. with. Right. Wouldn't it be easy if it worked like that, though? It would. Ugh. But each night um, they would feast on the most delicious culinary treats fit for kings and sip rich wine from from ornate golden chalices. Um, and the story seems like it would lead to a happily ever after. Right, Brandy? Sure. Nope. Wrong. Dead wrong. Sweet. I slipped dead in there. You did. Um, At the tender age of 15, with her family seated as the most rich and powerful family in Transylvania. Okay, see, that's where it is. Do you see Transylvania? Do Do you see where I'm going with this? I'm I'm painting a picture. I know. So she was married off to a count. And I'm sorry if I butcher this. I know I might get emails about butchering this, and I apologize. But I believe it's uh, pronounced Count um, Nedazdi. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I'm going to go with. Nadazdi, who resided at a magnificent castle. And despite his affections for Elizabeth, the Count was also um, not the nicest man. He's kind of a butthead. Uh, He engaged in acts of torture to servant girls of the palace with Elizabeth by his side. And supposedly he wasn't as evil as Elizabeth gets. And in a little bit, everyone will understand why I say that. They enjoyed torturing, assaulting, and ripping apart beautiful young women simply for the pleasure of it. There are a couple things that I was reading on various um, articles and journals about this man saying that his torture was more into um, like BDSM type torture Mm -hmm. um, and would, uh, trigger warning, rape young girls. I'm talking like 10 to 12 years of age. Gross. So yeah, he was, he was disgusting and Elizabeth was a hundred percent okay with it from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, not stating it's complete fact, but I found a lot of, um, matching stories. So, but, um, 
They do do it just for the pleasure of it. And Elizabeth is now known for um, being infamous and bloodthirsty. And she is one of the first recorded vampires in history, if you go for what a definition of a vampire is. And it's even said that aside from Vlad the Impaler, she was part of the inspiration behind Bram Stoker's Dracula and many other movies, shows, and songs. So there's this show, Salem, that I'm obsessed with that I guess I'm mm-hmm. a little late to liking. But um, one of the, the Countess, just this woman that um, shows up, they have her themed like she was Elizabeth Bathory and that she was actually a witch and she survived through centuries. And she only survives by bathing in virgin's blood. Sure. Everybody knows. So, right. That's how you stay youthful, Brandy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Anyway, Elizabeth Bathory's story is a stuff of nightmares and it's not for the faint of heart. At a very young age, her aunt and uncle had her engage in acts of Satanism and sexual deviancy, all in the name of Satan. It's known that her aunt taught her about sadomasochism and sexually abused her. Um, And it left Elizabeth's outlook on the world extremely twisted. And she had been raised to use what she had learned on others. So if they teach her things like that, of course, children being so impressionable, I mean, it's going to have you act like that. Um, So once she married Count Nadazdi, who already liked to inflict pain upon others beneath his station, she was elevated to an even higher level of power, which allowed her to spend a web of hellish terror within the walls of the castle. So, and the castle name is Castle Sijith. I think I probably sound that said that right, maybe. We'll see. I, I don't know. I will skip it if I have to say it. <laughs> Just say the castle. Everybody knows. Um, so to start off with, Elizabeth would indulge her sick pleasures by shoving needles under the fingernails of her servants. And that, oh God, just talking about that makes me squirm a little bit. She would rip out their hair and beat them. She would use hot coals and torches to burn and sear the flesh of the servants to inflict terrible pain. She would do all this with a huge demented smile on her face. She sounds like me when I constantly like poke Sean to try to annoy him till he flips out on me. Right. And then I smile. Um, It's said that she would cackle like an evil witch while her victims screamed out in in agony. And no matter how many times that they would beg for mercy, of course, she would not oblige their police because she was a raging evil. You know what? Right. So once Count um, Nadadsti died in 1604, Elizabeth, commonly referred to now as the Blood Countess, began taking her violence to new extremes. She began sending word throughout the surrounding villages that she was seeking young, beautiful females to serve in her castle. And seeing as these young girls were often poor peasants, their family thought it miraculous that the countess offered them money and food in return for their daughter's services. And she would pay the families of the young ladies, and then later she would send a carriage to bring them to her castle of cruelty. Little did these innocents know what terrible fates awaited them. And... I watched a documentary on History Channel, and this is what really, really really triggered my interest in her a couple years ago. And it was around Halloween, and they were focusing on vampires. And they said that um, at one point after all these, you know, young girls started going off, like the villagers, like, praised her and thought she was a miracle to come and, and help them because their crops were failing. There was a whole bunch of other problems. So it wasn't uncommon back then to send your loved ones away to work for a couple months right. and only come home very rarely to bring home money. So um, the older Elizabeth grew, the more obsessed she became with trying to find ways to be young and beautiful, as we all are, with all those wrinkle, anti-wrinkle creams, anti-aging, this all over the shelves. 
they didn't have that for her back then. So, you know, she decided she was going to cut up a bunch of virgins and blade, you know, bathe in their blood because obviously. Yeah, that'll do it. Right. Uh, she would notoriously bite her young servants while they were drawing her bath and she would cackle at their pain. She was even said to have bitten off chunks of flesh from their necks, arms and shoulders. She would have servants throats slit open and let their warm blood be gathered into buckets and poured into her bath. And she would rub the blood all over her skin and across her face. And it's reported that she drank the blood from a golden chalice as well. I'm seeing a theme here. A um, couple other things that I was reading also. Um, there were some people that argued because she had, was in such power and her family was kind of corrupt and just ugh, um, that it was supposedly made up later that she actually bathed in the blood. It is known that she was that she tortured the girls by biting them and drinking their blood. But supposedly the blood would coagulate too quickly anyway for you to really bathe in it. But nah, you, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the blood to her represented vitality and youth. And this became a nightly ritual for her. And according to rejectedprincesses.com, which is a really cool website, I suggest you all check it out because it's really cool. Um, Elizabeth's head servants, who were also the few that aided in her dirty work, testified to all of the following accounts. Well, yeah, if you're stuck there, of course you're going to aid her. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be... No. And what's interesting is, I'll get to this part, or you'll get to this part later, actually. Um, the servants were older. She only had a thing about... The young girls. Mutilating the younger girls. It almost felt like she was jealous in a twisted way. Well, you she know? was, I'm sure. Ugh, God. I mean, it was said that she was beautiful up until her last days so maybe there was something to the blood i, I well don't there's know. a thing now where you can take uh, you can go into a doctor's office and they will um and it's called a vampire facial they will you know draw your blood and then put it all over your face what the hell right it's a weird it's a weird like kardashian Thing. I, Kardashian you know. thing, but it's but it's something people do. Well, and also I think don't they do blood transfusions now, where really really rich and elite oh, people yeah. can have like a healthy person who gets checked, like a background checked and right. a physical, and do like a live blood transfusion with their blood yeah. type. I've heard of that. I don't to know. cycle through their body because they think it'll make them youthful. Whatever. It's, that's so so bizarre. It's beyond me. But anyway, so here's some some of the effed up stuff that she did. And this this woman, again, she's obviously evil, but this like this goes beyond any horror movie that I've ever seen. So she would keep her servants chained up every night um, and so tight she'd have their hands turning blue and spurting blood out of their pores from how tight she would have the chains on them. She would beat them to the point that there was so much blood on the walls and beds that her other servants had to use ashes and cinders to soak it up. Um, she would she once beat a servant so badly in Vienna that her neighbors, which were some monks, threw clay pots at the wall and protested, basically tell her to shut up. Right. And they weren't happy with how she was treating oh, her sure. servant. But they didn't really do anything but throw clay pots. Just clay pots. I mean, because, you know, that's going to make a difference. Right. Um, so she would strangle um, servants with silk scarves. And um, a lot of them actually would survive because she did it as like a sick way of like watching the life slip from their eyes and then bring them back. Right. Um, but there was one reportedly that she did end up killing. Um, so and she'd also burn her servants with metal sticks, red hot keys and coins. Um, she would iron the soles of their feet. That's just oh, my God, that sounds terrible. And um, she would this is the really messed up part. This one affected me the worst. She would stick burning iron rods into young girls vaginas. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know how you could come back from that. That's pretty messed yeah, up. Yeah, you don't. Ugh. Um, she would stab people, prick them in the mouths and fingers with needles. And it's been said that she took shears or scissors and cut their hands, lips, and noses with them. And she'd cut them in like, you know, the part of your hand between um, your right. thumb, that little webbing there, and your, thubbing and your, point, your, your thumb and your pointer finger, which can't really heal if you've ever right. had a paper cut there. It takes forever. She'd snip that. And she'd snip um, the corners of her mouth so like they couldn't hold water in their mouth or eat or drink. It's just she was a terrible, terrible person. Um, she would use needles, knives, candles, and her own teeth to lacerate servants' genitals. She used her teeth. Well, her yeah. teeth. That's Ugh. how you get the blood. Um, I guess. She's a vampire. Um, she would stitch their lips and tongues together so that they couldn't talk or eat. Um, she would make some service uh, servants sit on stinging nettles and then bathe them with said stinging nettles. And during the bath, she'd push the nettles into their shoulders and breath breasts. And I'm assuming that those are like giant metal contraptions that probably look a lot like needles. Um, she would have them stand in tubs of ice water up to their necks until they were dead. So she'd stick them outside in these giant tubs and out in the cold anyway of a Hungarian winter and make them freeze to death just in these pools. Um, she would smear, she once smeared a naked girl with honey and left her outside to be bitten by ants, wasps, bees, and flies. Um, also, according to the website, um, she would keep them uh, from eating weeks at a time. And if they ever got thirsty, she would make them and force them and watch them drink their own urine. She would um, force them to cook and eat their own flesh, usually from their buttocks, or make sausages and serve it to guests out of chunks of meat from these women's buttocks. Um, she would heat up, she once heated up a red hot cake um, to hot temperatures and made a servant eat it and swallow it, and she got burns all inside of her mouth and her throat. Um, she baked a magical poisonous cake in order to kill a rival magistrate, George um, uh, Churzo. Thurzo. Thurzo. Um, and he'll come into play later. He hated her family with a purple passion because he was also, he's a magistrate, so he's also kind of rich and fancy and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well, her family was kind of like taking over everything and she already didn't like, you know, her Satan worshiping uncle. Right. So that's why she was raised to basically hate this man and everything about him. Yeah. Um, this one's kind of funny. Um, not sure why. But she cast a magic spell once to summon a cloud filled with 90 cats to torment her enemies. I want to know if it worked. <laughs> I don't know. It puts a whole new meaning on cat scratch fever. Yeah. Um, so she also had an ongoing affair with a guy named Ironhead Steve. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, she. This is probably the most disturbing too. She would stuff um, servants' corpses um, underneath beds she'd hide them in different rooms i mean in the castle there were several bedrooms and um there were as an instance where um her older servant and most trusted servant found her force feeding soup into the mouths of the five corpses and she at she was acting like she was still feeding them to keep them alive even though they were obviously rotting and decaying so that was weird clearly some mental um, issues right and um a lot of the women she would bury in gardens, grain pits, orchards, occasionally some cemeteries. Um, 
Um, sometimes she, I guess, felt nice all of a sudden. And for more innocent ones, she would have their final rites be read to them mm-hmm. after they died. Um, but a lot of times they were buried in unmarked places and like woods and ponds and all kinds of places. Um, there was even said that they were buried in the walls of the castle. And some women were just literally thrown out of a carriage in a trench. No one oh, well, yeah. said anything and they were never issued any rights. So uh, pretty jacked up stuff. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's kind of ridiculous. So, you know, you can only do this for so long before people start to notice or you run out of girls. So whispers and rumors begin to stir amongst the villagers surrounding the castle. They started to fear the Bathory carriage that would come, calling weekly in demand for more young ladies to serve the countess. Eventually, naturally, there were no more young pleasant present peasant girls. Excuse me. I mean, me. they could have been pleasant peasants. They could have been. Poor guys. I imagine they were. Uh, girls available within the immediate air to area to appease the bloodthirsty vampires. She took a risk and expanded her search for young ladies to other villages and even looked into the homes of richer citizens. This is where she screws it up. And she dropped the ball. Yeah. Before, when peasant girls, when the peasant girls, she would usually, um, she would take them Mm -hmm. and they would vanish and their families would report them as missing. The king would ignore it because nobody cared if the peasants went missing. Of course not. Not back in those days. No. Still not today, if you think about it. <sighs> a lot of people in Power don't necessarily care about the peasants. It's I know. sad. It's messed up. Noblemen and royalty knew that something strange and sinister was going on. But with Elizabeth being of noble blood, she was also somewhat untouchable and excuses were made for all the girls' disappearances. It was all a big conspiracy and cover-up until the day a few noblemen began complaining to the king that their daughters went to serve the countess and were never seen nor heard from again. Dun, dun, dun. So eventually... <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck pronouncing his name. <laughs> I'm going to say Gregory Thurzo. We'll, we'll do the English version yeah. of his name. 
that seems to work. Uh, the same magistrate that disliked the Bathory family due to them ruling over many of the lands and properties around him and King uh, Matthias decided to intervene and investigate the castle and its grounds to see if the rumors were true. So, on December 29th in 1610, almost the new year... I was going to say, it's they're past the Christmas spirit now. Yeah. Thurzo and several other counts and soldiers arrived at the castle and were horrified at the grisly scene that greeted them. At the front of the castle lay bloody and broken bodies of young servant girls, mostly between the ages of 10 and 15. Some of them were so badly burned, mutilated, and bruised that their faces were not even recognizable. As they entered the domain, more ghastly revulsions awaited them. Stri now, why didn't people clean this up? My God. Well, I, I mean, mean, not that she should be doing it anyway, but look, I mean, if you're going to do it, clean it. she's feeding dead corpses uh, and summoning clouds of cats. I know, but somebody <laughs> she's needs to. Not. Somebody needs, like, nobody's been up there to see this before, like the, all these dead bodies lying around. You know, uh, when I imagine her castle, I imagine it like in the movie Dracula where it's like over a bridge and up on a hill and behind some woods and like far off on a cliff somewhere where it's really hard to access. Like that's in my mind what right. I see. Yeah. Uh, as they entered the domain, uh, the ghastly revulsions awaited them. Strewn across the hallways and stairwells were more bloated and maimed corpses of young women. They found a few young uh, and un young unfortunate women still half alive and some were saved. The halls and rooms smelled like old rotting flesh and stagnant pools of blood. Ugh. I know. It just makes you... That smell of like... I don't know if I could handle that much. I no. can barely handle it if I cut my finger open just from the smell of like blood and iron. Blech. As the men reached the heart of the castle, they entered a room where a few girls were strung up in chains and ropes, suspended in the air by their arms. Elizabeth's oldest and most trusted henchwoman, Anna Darvola, mm -hmm. Darvoya, mm -hmm was caught torturing the girls. And the thing is, is this chick, like the way they describe her is extremely elderly. So when I think elderly, I think 70s, 80s, maybe even right. 90s. She was probably so, in her 40s. Well, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't think about it like that because I guess you were on your deathbed close to 40 or 45 back then, huh? Mm -hmm. But it just makes you wonder if she's so elderly and the dead bodies are laying everywhere to your point, why didn't they remove them? You'd think she wouldn't have the strength, but then again, like she's the one who's really beating most of the women too. Yeah. So how does she have the strength to do that? I, I, As other soldiers inspected the grounds, they stumbled upon fresh graves of poor souls that had just been killed within the previous few days. This truly was like a scene from the worst nightmare anyone could imagine. Soldiers found Bathory in her bedchambers and issued her to be placed on house arrest. Oh, poor, you know... Isn't oh she no, always you're going to leave me here. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> they then clasped her four to five head servants in irons and chains and whisked them away to prison. That's where Anna and another servant by the name of Yana Joe Nagy confessed of the brutal deeds the Countess had ordered them to carry out. It's estimated that anywhere from 30 to 650, you know, I hate to nail them down on a number. Right. <laughs> um, well, initially, her servant, Anna, that was, you know, like, mm -hmm. she was scared to death. She didn't want to get the noose or like it was, cape, you know, get shot by firing squad or something. She didn't want to die. So she's like, oh, I'll give him a number. And she knew for sure that she killed 30 because it was reported later in account that she personally had executed 30. So that's why she was throwing down the lower 30 number. to 650. Well, again, 650. That, I mean, I mean, that's quite a range. It It is insane. Uh, young servants were tortured, assaulted, and murdered at the hands of Elizabeth Bathory and her head honchos, 
Historians confirm through historical documents that Anna and Yana had at least admitted they knew of 30 young girls who had died, but dozens of other witnesses had contested that they knew of hundreds more that lay dead in the castle, its surrounding grounds, nearby woods and ponds, and dozens were burned with their ashes scattered where no man could ever find them. King Matthias and Bathory's head honchos execute, had uh, the head honchos executed for their crimes. Hmm. Even though her deeds were beyond criminal, Elizabeth was not sentenced to be executed due to her nobility. Back then, it was rare for anyone of noble blood to be tried for heinous acts. They usually just dodged, dodged justice, squeaking by with a slap on the wrist. For Elizabeth, her days were numbered at that point. She was ordered to be bricked up in one wing of her castle with only a small window for light. She was given meals, but she was not allowed to have any human contact. Guards that were stationed to keep her from escaping would hear her screaming out like a wild banshee in the night. The solidarity of her punishment drove her to madness. On August 21st, 1614, Elizabeth begged to be seen by a physician. Reluctantly, her pleas were met and the physician was sent to her bedchamber. Her hands were cold and discolored. She was panicked and complained of feeling cold and having slight pains in her arms and chest. Her doctor told her that she was fine and had nothing to worry about. He instructed her to lie down and go to sleep. The following morning, after four years of being confined to isolation, Elizabeth was pronounced dead. Her reign of terror was over. News of her death swept swiftly through the land, and villagers and nobles alike rejoiced at the realization that her lips had drawn their last breath. breath. The blood countess was not an immortal demon after all. No one will ever truly know how many innocent young teenage girls' lives Elizabeth Bathory so coldly stole. Could be 30, 100, 650, or even 1,000. Evidently, nobody can say. Nope. <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was just, it was so long ago. And in the words of one of her faithful older servants, only God knows an account of all of her crimes. How eerie. Only God will know. Well, and um, so also digging into some... Um, some things trying to figure out what historians thought you know where's a grave you know that'd be really cool if you're ever traveling through that area to stop by the blood countess's grave mm-hmm. um supposedly it was buried um near her castle but then it was moved again and then it was moved around so every sink there's up to three different places that was speculated as according to different historical documents that said she was she was buried at all three of these different places at one point or another no one has found her body anywhere so if i had something my opinion to say about they it they let her rot somewhere something or yeah. the villagers were like no like she she doesn't deserve to right. be placed in a burial because that's respectful right and what she did was so messed up that no one wanted her body in an actual sacred tomb yeah it'd be hard to do a religious ceremony for her. <laughs> so anyway uh so that is the story of elizabeth bathory um, I'm going to let Rachel get here to our ghastly ghost story. But first, I want to thank our Patreon sponsors. And if you would like to donate to Patreon to help us putter along on our little podcast, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com backslash haunted visions. Uh, we, ha- we also have a Twitter account. At Visions Haunted. At Visions Haunted. And because we they have- hate us and they took our name. <laughs> they did. Um, and we also have a um we have a what do we have i know it has been a long day um you can like us on facebook um and haunted visions 
or you can look us up on, um, we also have a Haunted Visions podcast has a closed private group Facebook page, which is really fun. A lot of listeners and ourselves will interact and tell spooky stories, um, share funny ghost memes. So if you like memes, that's the place to get it. Um, I don't know why I'm talking like this. So anyway, um, if you also have Instagram, you can follow us at Haunted Visions, the podcast. Um so shout out to Caroline. She's our girl. She um, helped us with creating the Instagram page and our Facebook account and keep mm-hmm. um, and um, she Twitter. She up on all of that. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes, so she um, shout out to her. And um, if you have any ghost stories that you would like to submit or not necessarily ghost stories, if it's something creepy that's happened to you or something unexplained or even if, if it's you were happened, abducted by a UFO, I would really like to hear if you got probed, if that's if that's true, if that happens, <laughs> it's hard to I'd say. like to hear a probe story or two. Not only in alien abduction ways. Don't just send us in your probing stories. I should just stop talking now. Okay, so if you want to email us your um, abduction stories, or if you saw a cryptid, or anything like that, or even you know some kind of creepy conspiracy theory, you can email that to hauntedvisionspodcast at gmail dot com. Excellent. Now, Rachel, do you have a story for us today? I do. So do you remember when um, Callie had emailed us um, about how she saw ghosts when she was little Mm -hmm. and her son had seen some things and she saw some things? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Callie's pretty awesome. And she sent us um, some more stories um, a while back. And I wanted to finally get to those because she's a great writer and she has a great way of putting what's happened to her. So Callie writes, hello, ladies. Just another fun one for you guys, um, because besides my mother, who would sell me to see a real ghost, <laughs> you're the only ones who seem to find it interesting. Um, side note. No, we're not. <laughs> um, so she says, my son is on a soccer team and they've always practiced on a field near the front of the sports complex in our town. But this season, they switched to a field in the very back of the complex, which was awesome since we could drive down a narrow road and park by the field instead of walking all the way back. Well, I'd hang out by the fence and watch the practice, talking to various other parents. I started to see get these creepy vibes, like I was being watched. There's a house behind the fence, but no one lives in it. After a week, the heat and the creep vibe drove me to sitting in my truck during his practice time, blasting the AC and just reading a book or playing on my phone for two hours. I started to see people walk behind my truck, but when I'd look around to see who it was, there was never anyone there. They were always just out of the corner of my eye or reflection in the side or the rearview mirrors. Definitely a person, not an animal or a car, or even reflections from headlights. They would move like a person. It was someone with natural ease and as they walked. And the being watched feeling was strongest when I'd see them. Halloween night, the sports complex hosted a trick-or-treating trail for the local kids. They had small haunted houses and um, local businesses set up tables to pass out candy as a safer alternative to the kids wandering the streets of a small town with most of the population living in the country. My father had a booth, so I was pulled into helping him while my son ran around with the other kids. I parked in the backfield where my kids' team practices. It was about 8.45 when we ran out of candy, packed up, and left. As we're leaving through the back gate, my son goes, Mama, they freaked me out. Now, since he'd just gone through the haunted house and was less than impressed by the volunteer wielding the customary chainsaw to rev up and startle, I started explaining that it was harmless and he really had nothing to fear, but he cuts me off again and goes, no, the one that hangs out across the road from our field. 
They just walk around and they never say anything. It's just strange. I asked him if he meant that night, um, what he meant, as in maybe some teenagers are trying to scare the kids. He said, whoever he, whoever and whenever came, they came to the truck after practice, he would see these people just moving around across the road. They look like shadows and they never wave back at me when I try to be polite. I stopped waving because they made me feel nervous. Across the road from the field is just a short field of grass and then trees. No houses and no neighbors for about half a mile. I've actually dealt with shadow people before. They've always been full apparitions, soft voices, smells, touches, or strong emotions that come on suddenly. I've debated walking over there during practice just to see if my mind is playing tricks on me, but I guess I'll have to go with what my gut says um, and not go over there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, and then she goes on to say, I'll see what my gut says when I get there today. So it sounds like maybe she does want to do some investigating. Callie, you're going to have to um, go on our Facebook group that you're a part of and let us know if anything else creepy with the shadow people happens. Um, I, I'm out. Uh, no, no thanks. My um, husband has actually had a couple experiences where we used to live with shadow people. Um, he would work second shift and I'd be upstairs with our dogs and we lived in this really old house that was built um, in the 1880s. And he'd come in the side door and we had all original like hardwood flooring. And I'd leave a small lamp on for him. Well, when he went to go turn the lamp off in the kitchen to move to the living room and to the foyer and so on up to get upstairs, he um, saw something standing there and he thought it was me or our roommate at the time. And he calls out to him and they dart out of his sight into this corner hallway well, he runs in there after him, flips on all the lights, thinking we're messing with him, and nobody's there. And he kept having those experiences probably at least once a week to, until we moved. And that was part of the reason that we moved, because we were just renting it at the time. And he said, you know, I he'd never want to go downstairs for water without me. And we're talking about, at the time, he was a, a grown man. He was 23, 24. Didn't matter. <laughs> and no. he was he was terrified. And even our dogs would sit there and growl in corners. We'd hear heavy old, you know, those old um, old oak pocket doors that are in the walls of like old 1800s, early 1900s homes. Mm-hmm. Um, those would open by themselves. No one's touching them and slam back into the wall. No explanation. And those are heavy doors. We would try to recreate it. And nothing would happen. So um, yeah, Callie, shadow people freak me out. So um, I guess go for you for being excited and wanting to go investigate further. But you know, bring some sage and some salt just in case you need to have like a, a bug out demon bag. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so that's all I've got for today. You got anything else, Rachel? No, um, nothing else. If you guys um, want to submit your stories again, submit them to hauntedvisionspodcast at gmail.com or feel free to message Brandy or I on Facebook Messenger or share them on our closed group page. Um, we will be... Um, not recording next week, but the following week we'll, we will be releasing another episode. Um, and if you have any episode recommendations or anything you would like to hear about, please, we would love your feedback and your thoughts on that as well. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Stay spooky.